Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Ninja 3, The Domination. Correct. One of the coolest and most regular <laughs> movies I've ever seen in my life. I, is... You know, when I watched the first one, I did not expect that I would be saying the other movies were the best in the trilogy. I really thought Enter the Ninja was going to be the good one. Yeah. But no, turns out they're all they're all my favorite children, you know? You expect diminishing returns, and then Cannon's like, hey man, we got you. <laughs> they know how to up the ante. Uh, Parker, before we get into that, do we have any news? We have suffered two terrible losses since last time we recorded. The first, of course, being friend of the show DMX. Mm-hmm. And the other being Real friend of every single teenager who didn't know how sex works yahoo answers it's been a very difficult week for me and my entire life online in the 2000s you you said friend to teenagers i was gonna be like damn hitting prince philip hard aren't you (laughs) man that's a much better bit okay uh edit that in as the joke I'm glad Chris and I were on the same page at least. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Uh, I hope I wasn't going to. I totally forgot. I, <laughs> I got all those jokes out of my system with like 48 hours, and now he's gone from my memory. <laughs> I was telling Chris when you were getting a drink before it recorded that I spent like that entire day just like messaging every British person I know, just be like, "Hey, man, I'm so sorry for your loss. You doing okay? <laughs> hey, man, if you need anything, <laughs> feel free to reach out. Right, exactly. It, it never got old, for the record. <laughs> it's like seventh person, like, oh, yep, uh, uh, yep, they went there once, okay. Just kept telling people, like, I gotta wait for Goku to tweet these checked in at King Kai Station before it's real. <laughs> they didn't find it as funny as I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I was also telling Alex about that DMX picture I sent you with all the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which dogs in there are my favorite, but I think it's the two stupid dogs in the background. <laughs> <laughs> they really tie the whole I, thing together. I think it's Ladybird. <laughs> Parker, did Marmaduke make the cut? Uh, he actually didn't. Yeah, there's no Marmaduke. Well, I mean, it's understandable. You know, it's really hard to frame such a big, awkward dog. <laughs> <laughs> Clifford. I like that you just see like Clifford's nose and nothing else. That's pretty good. Yeah. And also Airbud in the front with like half of a basketball. It's a very good yeah. bit. You know, breaking news here. The reason Marmaduke didn't make it is he also died. You know, they say celebrity deaths happen in threes, so. <laughs> no Rest in power, King. Time. There's something missing. Uh, any other news? I'm sure there probably was, but who knows, man. It's all What the about same. the Gundam thing? You want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. Netflix is making a live-action Gundam movie. I'd love to be surprised, but every Netflix movie looks like hot dog shit, so... I'll yeah. watch it. 
You know what's weird is, I, th I feel like we've talked about this before, but did we ever decide that there was a good Netflix movie? I feel like there's an obvious one I'm missing. Uh, even the Man. ones from, like, directors I know was like, oh, this is clearly a step down. Yeah, because there's so many bad ones. There's Bright, uh, the Cloverfield Paradox, Bird Box. Look, I'm sure uh, The Five Bloods is very good, but also, I watched, oh, like, yeah, no real like movies in the last 15 months. Sorry. Uh, I let you down. Oh, sorry. Well, jerks of the week, then. Uh, if you guys <laughs> are, we, <laughs> are we not going to talk about the new the new Kevin James movie? <laughs> I was I was leaving that, that blank the for my good friend Alex. <laughs> <laughs> He's been holding on to this for days. That's all right. All right. We can't Kevin pretend. <laughs> can't pretend that people haven't heard about this. The new Kevin James movie, in which he's going to star, is Sean Payton. <laughs> you know, when I look at Sean Payton, the first thing I think is, yeah, Paul Blart, Maul Blart. I bet that yeah. guy talks to animals. What? I'm sorry. Are you not up on your zookeeper lore? That movie's oh, hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you thought that Parker was calling Marcus Colson an animal? I'm no. So, so happy you took that one from me. Yeah. I'm like, because it was to sitting make the there. Mental link to Doctor Doolittle, and it's just not there. I'm like, what the? Oh uh, no, no, no! It's a zookeeper. I'm too stupid for my own good. Moving on. Ah, it's okay. Well, yes. Yeah, so let's move on to our jerks of the week. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I'll go first on this one. My jerk of the week is Frederick Myers. And you might be saying, who the hell is that? Well, the other Alex came over and I was like, hey, let's go for a walk. So we go for a walk. It's really nice out. And we're talking. And all of a sudden she just says, like, under her breath, oh, come on. And some guy passes us on a unicycle. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's king shit. <laughs> Frederick Myers, the inventor of the unicycle. Please eat my butthole, dude. <laughs> you googled who created the unicycle. <laughs> just I feel like I feel like he didn't Google it. He just told his dad the story. He's like, "Oh, you know, son." <laughs> Back in my day, for a penny farthing, we used to. <laughs> I was doing like the Archer thing. Frederick We'd Myers. go down to the local Woolworths. All right, Dad. <laughs> Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's watched like three movies made before 1960, I have like a half dozen old timey words just jangling around up there. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh man! You guys my go ahead. That's all mine. I was, I was just trying to. My jerk of the week is myself for somehow not being the first person to bring up Jeffrey Epstein at Easter at Easter dinner. <laughs> I require more context. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had it, buddy. Like, oh. <laughs> you sit down, you have it all prepared, you know exactly how you're going to segue into that conversation. Your uncle's just like, you know what I was thinking. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> my stepsister's husband brought up Jeffrey Epstein out of the blue, and they started talking about the island, and like, you know, if you've gone to the island on Google Maps and shit like that, and I'm just like laughing internally, like, <laughs> man, if you guys knew. <laughs> he's nodding, oh, weird, I hadn't heard of that. <laughs> You know, in the new pilot wings, a bunch of people were crashing their plane on uh, Little St. James. <laughs> As one does. It's just like, dude, thank you so much for being that guy this year. <laughs> <laughs> Load off your back. I'm proud of you. <laughs> like, Ooh, I can take the night like, off. 
But like, do they know? <laughs> I mean, you know, somebody's okay. Cool. All right, we're good. We're covered. Okay. You're just sitting there banging note cards on the table like David Letterman. Let's <laughs> 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 hear about this little Saint James. Right. You just hear silver work clattering like Alex, please. <laughs> Jesus' about second this? birthday, please. <laughs> so wait, you guys yeah. remember that time I went to Comet Ping Pong? <laughs> How could we forget? You mentioned it every <laughs> holiday. How the gasoline Maxwell burning all our sources, huh? I said, I call her gasoline. <laughs> I love making holiday memories of the family. So, Parker, your jerk of the week. Uh, mine is friend of the show, David Ehrlich. Now, it's not just the fact that he left a half-star review for Godzilla vs. Kong with some fucking whiny like oh guys what happened to movies oh smell my nose it's the fact that you scroll to the bottom and see replies disabled you absolute (laughs) coward (laughs) we'll fist fight this dweeb this fucking woe is me cinema is dead and then just not even having the common courtesy to get trolled in the comments go fuck yourself you know film commentary used to mean something you used to be able to stand by your takes if anyone doesn't like our show please email parker yeah it's fine I don't care. Yeah. Exactly. I read it anyway. I've broken my speak. self-esteem down. I'll feel nothing. I can't speak for you guys, but I have never had a bad take. So, same. Yeah. Now there you go. We have nothing to worry about then. Yeah. yeah. Well, the key to uh, that is on. just to not have anything you stand for in life. Just always be like, I don't know, man. Doesn't really matter. And then you just move on. And they get mad yeah, for no reason. Just the idea here is not to have a functioning spine. <laughs> Correct. So I'll turn and look at Parker. Doing great over here. <laughs> Loving the after effects of the shot, baby. Feeling great. Hunkering down. It's gonna hurt Incidentally, so this episode is brought to you by the new Microsoft tablet. So, oh, uh, let's get into what My we watched recently. Is so powerful. I'm charging up like Godzilla's tail when he fires a blast. Just every <laughs> crook in my spine glowing blue with 5G. Alright, so the, fir- the first thing, I watched a lot of documentaries. I don't really know why, I just kind of felt like it. The first one was uh, one of the Hulu documentaries on that company WeWork. You guys remember the the company WeWork, right? Yep. Yeah, sure. they uh, they invented this new thing called working in an office, and uh, <laughs> rough beat for those guys. <laughs> and uh, everyone else in New York is just like, my God, the genius of it! <laughs> so uh, they got really, really rich on it, and then it turns out that they were really, really weird. Uh, the guy who made it was named, I believe, Adam Newman, and I try not to make this comparison, but I kind of got, like, sort of the Trump vibes, not from him, but from the way that people looked at him. Everyone's calling him charismatic and stuff like that, and the first thing that I realized is, like, oh, this guy's a schmuck. I would never vote for him, or work in one of his stupid offices. Uh, then it turns out that his wife, who's the cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, turns out she... Friend of the show. Has some views. <laughs> so she was influencing the company and she was trying to make it more like spiritual and stuff like that and like really taking Hell it yeah. over. Just uh, the most bizarre like couple to be running this company and then they lost a whole bunch of money on it. They were valued at some like $47 billion and now the company's basically dead and they're trying to start up a preschool in New York. Huh. Well, Weird well, that that's know. their go to. Shoot for the moon, even if you miss. Yeah, yes. Uh, what are the other ones? Some of these aren't even documentaries, uh, but they're labeled that way. One of them I watched, it's really more of a tribute to Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc was a man of a thousand voices, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Sylvester the Cat. He was actually one of my idols growing up. 
and uh, some really interesting stuff. One of the most interesting things about him is he worked for a really, really long time. Uh, got really fucked up from a car accident and was actually recording his lines in the hospital. But one of the things that I really like about him is that he was really nice to kids, he was really nice to fans, and uh, he really popularized the idea of getting credit for your work, which a lot of people working in Hollywood were not doing at the time. Um, unfortunately, in this documentary, again, more of a tribute, I was reminded uh, two of the characters that he played of uh, stuff that Parker has been forced to watch, one of which was Woody the Woodpecker. Uh, that fun That's why you brought that up. <laughs> and when the he messes other, me out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the reason. And the other one was Captain Caveman, who I remember from the movie Scoob. That's why you asked me about those two movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> it was like 1.30 in the morning. What the fuck is... This seems like a trick. <laughs> yeah, Scoob was worse. So, um... Correct. I would recommend watching Mel Blanc, The Man of a Thousand Voices. And it, there was another thing that was like a point that was brought up. It was like, compare the voices that he did in those cartoons to what they're doing nowadays. There's really no comparison. Even with the best voice actors nowadays, they're not even coming close. Uh, but speaking of nostalgia here, I watched something that I think everyone on this show would really enjoy. It's called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. Now, we make... Oh, that, okay. <laughs> oh, what were you going to do? <laughs> It's oh, about I can't think of anything else orange, Garfield. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh god! Hey Parker, what you think? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the Orange Years of Nickelodeon story is about the creation of Nickelodeon, the network for kids. And uh, I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised that I didn't know some of this stuff. It started as this like local access network and. They were trying to build it up, and they weren't really sure what they were doing. Uh-oh. They didn't really find the immediate success that Fred Rogers did. But they worked hard at it, and they tried to find stuff that would really appeal to kids. And I have to admit that it probably wasn't as critical as a documentary would be. Uh, the only thing they ever, you know, kind of go off book is where they bring on Coolio, and it was talking about how much weed was being smoked on the set of all that. And <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, block me, and I'm watching this now. <laughs> yeah, it, that's it though, because they have a very, very brief, not not an interview, but like a brief shot of uh, of uh, Dan Schneider, and I was like, whoa, hey, oh, hey, he's off screen, that's good. Uh, and oh yeah, there's another one. Holy shit! Okay, so you guys remember the uh, the TV show Double Dare? And it was like a bunch of physical challenges for kids. There's like gross stuff. There's slime and all these things. And they get to the end of the thing and they could beat the other team. And they had, uh, was it Mark Summers was a host there and he's talking about it. He's like, no one ever got hurt except for one. And uh, he's talking about uh, the kid who's like, now I'm pretty sure that this kid could not have possibly survived. But he got up and walked it off. He's, he had to come through this thing and he landed flat on his head and he's pretty sure he broke his neck and yet he still keeps going through the through the course and uh his dad came down from the bleachers to like confront mark summers after the uh show and i won't spoil what was said afterwards but it's pretty much worth watching the show for um i don't remember the name of the woman who was running nickelodeon but she seems like a very genuine decent person who actually did care about the kids and took a lot of risks one of the things that uh, was talked about in this era, this early era of Nickelodeon, was creator-driven cartoons. Before this, he had, like, I don't know, the Smurfs, He-Man, 
they, they weren't really cartoons, they were commercials. They were like, we're going to make this to so that kids will buy the toy. It's kind of like Star Wars in reverse, you know. Uh, whereas with this, they were trying really not to go for uh, merchandising, but just to get creator-driven cartoons. That's why you get the Rugrats, you get Doug, you get Ren and Stimpy. They did not interview John Crick Felusi of Ren and Stimpy for reasons I can only oh, imagine. Weird. <laughs> Damn. Can't imagine <laughs> but why. They did, cool. But, you know, it's still, they did admit that Ren and Stimpy was huge for uh, for Nickelodeon. That was a gigantic get for them because that should have been an MTV cartoon. But the fact that Nickelodeon got it was incredible for that network. And there was other stuff, too, is, you know, putting in perspective. There were shows I didn't like. There was um, stuff like Western Ranch sort of show called Hey Dude fucking sucked but it's not so much about the quality of the show it's about what they did with the child actors you know and they were having fun on the set and everything and they really made it like relatable for kids they had a positive message in there it's like that's interesting uh they talked about how important uh the adventures of pete and pete were that was really nice and one of the ones i really liked is they used to have these nickelodeon news segment i think they called it nick news it was like a five minute segment with uh I think her name was Linda Cardellini or something. And she was like, hey, we should do a segment about AIDS. And they brought on Magic Johnson to talk about it. And they had Magic Johnson comforting this little girl on the show who turns out was HIV positive. And it was like, that is one of the most heartwarming things I've ever seen. And unfortunately, it was ruined because one of the segments was also about Clarissa Explains It All. <laughs> all I could think about was Ishaboo. <laughs> Oh, great. Ferguson's barging in to tell me about HIV again. <laughs> <laughs> how, much do you th- how much do you think Ishaboo wished he was Ferguson? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't you think you climb that high? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was her boyfriend. Ferguson would just walk in on her while she was in the bathroom. <laughs> it was a shame because the girl, the Melissa, the girl it was Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart did like a really good job. And they had like an interesting way that they set up the show. They asked her, so are you into new kids on the block? And she said immediately, oh, no, I hate them. And and she immediately like ate her words. She was like, oh, no, I probably insulted this band. And they're in Hollywood. He's probably got connections. They're like, no, no, no. We want to know what you like. We'll put that in the show. So she said, I like They Might Be Giants, which is a good band. And that was nice. And she was never the kind of character, the, the, always the girl character who's uh on her bed waiting by the phone for a call from a boy because it's so stereotypical and cliche and Nickelodeon kind of did a lot for girls with that show and I was like that's really nice and I'm kind of going long on this but that era of Nickelodeon ended with two shows Spongebob Squarepants and Dora the Explorer because those shows made like billions of dollars and I don't know the company just kind of changes there's no mention of uh, Hey Arnold so I guess the documentary is not perfect but I would definitely recommend watching this. I think it's a lot of fun. And the nostalgia is just so strong. Uh, how much feet are in it? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, guys. Well, you know, <laughs> I only gave it a 9 out of 10, so... It's just so weird to think about how literally people like three years younger than me like, Oh my god, Drake and Josh is my favorite show ever. It's like, I've never seen a second of that. It's, but it's, it's just really like a cultural touchstone <laughs> for like... It makes me feel a hundred years old anytime someone references it. I, the only reason I, I know what it is is because I had a younger sister and she really liked Drake Bell, who was interviewed. It was just like, oh man, I love that show. <laughs> I'm glad you brought cool. up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad you brought up Hey Dude because that Hey Dude is like a Mandela effect thing for me. 
where like everybody talks about how it was on after Sh- Salute Your Shorts, a show that I watched every episode of, and I could not tell you a single thing about Hey Dude or even that it existed, other probably, than hearing from other people that it did. I probably watched Hey Dude as a kid. I never knew what it was until like being online. I was like, that, that's not a show. It's not real. <laughs> I would watch a show about a dude ranch. I'm sorry. I'm out. No, yeah, yeah there's no way. <laughs> it was You're not really wrong. fucking lame, dude. Uh, yeah, you know what? I would recommend the Orange Years. It's it's interesting stuff. And again, part of the thing that I remember is like the the bumpers they had. You know, the nick 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 nick. I was like, that's just nice to see. They explain why they chose orange because uh, it's a happy color. Uh, I don't know. I just it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that I got to sort of revisit that part of my childhood. So Orange uh, Years good. <laughs> yes, the Orange Years are good. Is orange, you glad? And you Nickelodeon. It's a thing that they said. Mondays. It was one of their advertising. <laughs> 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 now let's get down to anime. Uh, I watched yes. the yeah. I watched the Dagger of Kamui, uh, an anime from 1985 that was so long I had to split it into two parts. It's like two and a half hours long, and it's really fucking good. Uh, the dub is really stupid. Like the the actors are clearly this is their first time speaking English. I think. But uh, the idea, I think I mentioned on the previous episode, is there was a lot that happens in the first 30 minutes. There's a ninja, anyway, from the previous episode, the ninja discovers who killed his mother and also his father, and he has to search for a treasure, which they pronounce as treasure for, throughout the entire episode. <laughs> oh, and he has to, I'm myself. in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has to go to America, and uh, in order to do that, he has to get on a ship, right? And there's a, a black guy who helps him get on there. Unfortunately, that guy's a slave, so he buys him and, and frees him. That guy oh, keeps calling him master, so... <laughs> I see. Yeah, well, So you're just like, oh. oh, it's the time of the slaves. And uh, so they get over to, I guess, California. And who do they meet? Some guy on a horse with a mustache. I'm like, who is this new oh, character? No. He says, my name is Samuel Clemens, but most people call me Mark Twain. So <laughs> this is a movie where a Damn ninja it. meets Mark Twain. <laughs> uh, sounds incredibly good, actually. <laughs> There's also a female ninja who is devious. So uh, I would recommend so watching The Dagger of Kamui. It's actually really fucking good. So... Got that going for it. <laughs> Why is uh, Mark Twain there? <laughs> I mean, do you think about famous Americans? Who do you think of? Michael Jordan? <laughs> Michael Jackson? We have to find the dagger. Let me Mike Jones. my good friend Johnny Appleseed. He's going to help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If he had been to this. Anyway. Japan fucking um, rules, dude. Honestly. Yeah. It's the I watched, I watched uh, the Chocolate Panic Picture Show. Don't Google it. And that I also sounds racist. Watched yeah. Don't don't look it up. And I also watched Megazone twenty three. Megazone twenty three was made by I think the same guy who did Angel Cop. And I mentioned before that Angel Cop is kind of what I'm looking for with these OVAs. Just something really grimy, you know. Megazone twenty three is a little too clean for me, except for like the twenty minute sex scene in there. So uh, what it does is they have they have this guy on a motorcycle, right? And it's in the future. And I always like how these movies that take place in the future of 1999 or whatever has still has technology that is supposed to be like you know flying cars and all this other stuff and also technology that we've way outpaced like he has to go into a phone booth to make a video call with uh, some host on a network and like you just do that with your iphone these days um 
Anyway, this guy is running a motorcycle, and he meets, like, this pop singer, and then he finds a new motorcycle, his friend tells him, hey, you know, check out this new motorcycle, then his friend gets killed, and then he's riding this new motorcycle. Turns out this new motorcycle can turn into a mech. That's not really that important. What? Anyway, so he also It's the most important. (laughs) He goes down into, like, the secret government facility, where he turns out that they're in, uh, how do I explain this? How about Cyber Hollow Earth? And uh, <laughs> yes, what? There are, there's, well, Parker, do the words Bahamut Six mean anything to oh! you? Yes, <laughs> it's moving. Well, there are other mechs, but that's not really that important. <coughs> See, like there are other uh, guys. He has to fight them too with his motorcycle that turns into a mech and then can save him. And then uh, he has at least a ten minute sex scene. Uh, somewhat explicit with uh this girl it just acts as an information dump just like get rid of all that exposition right there and uh it's done in a bunch of technicolors and everything like that and uh would you like to know how it ends yes well so the fuck would i because it's a cutoff and then i have to wait for megazone 23 which came out in 1986 i have to wait for that um, which is unfortunate i have two thoughts uh first thought is that sounds great second thought i googled it Oh. I googled it, Chris. <laughs> it's real bad. Have, it's real bad. <laughs> you have, uh, you it's real bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only 25 minutes long, though. How bad could it be? Don't answer uh, that. So the next movie I watched was... Uh, I draft appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is the other Alex came over, and after yelling at a, at a unicyclist, uh, I was like, hey, you've never seen Knives Out, right? Let's put it on. And... Uh, how quick did you figure it out? <laughs> did you tell her about that? I hope you did. I did in detail. <laughs> so this dumb motherfucker. You're just that this dude idiot. The we don't even game. know his name. He's like 38, by the way. Anyway, uh, she loved it, which is good. Um, I I love this. Is what the third, fourth time I've seen this movie. It still holds up. It's a lot of fun. I. I realize, uh, again, just how great Christopher Plummer is in this movie, and how great everyone is. Don the Dragon Johnson is <laughs> fucking amazing. You've been waiting, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, well, you know. You know what? I don't blame you. I would have done it too. I said it under my... Alright, we'll my get breath, to him. So. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I am? Come on. I see, one of the things that was really cool about this is Alex was saying, when she saw Tony Collette, she was like, oh, this movie needs more of her. And then she was saying the same thing about Jodie Foster. And then she was saying the same thing about a whole bunch of other characters in the movie. And that's one of the nice things. They're like, remember M. Emmett Walsh is in that movie? Just Can you imagine like an extended cut with more tapes? M. Emmett Walsh? Yeah, dude, I fucking love that guy. I, lo- I love everyone who's in this movie except for Gary Tangway. He could jump off a bridge. He's only in there for a cameo, but still. Uh, man, what a great... And Michael <laughs> Shannon. Uh, I, I had to like point out for her. He's like, wait, wait. That was Parker's favorite line. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> I want some more cookies! You want some cookies with that milk? <laughs> he's a legend. To which Alex asked me, he's like, have you ever actually had those cookies? They're really good. <laughs> oh, man. No. What a what a great movie. Uh, I got it for my brother's girlfriend, and they still haven't watched it yet, so uh, thanks for nothing. Wow, fuck and up. A lot of continuing. a lot of turmoil in everyone's families this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> continuing the tradition of being the only one on the podcast who actually watches his assignments, I found an outlier, one that I uh, skipped over, Naughty Chris Spanking Time. I finally watched Upgrade. 
I've been meaning uh, to bring that up for like a month, but I had no room yeah, to talk, so I just you. buried it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, <laughs> letting me get to it on my own terms, and holy shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so right? So good, dude. <laughs> oh, man. First of all, I want to say, this is like, if I could describe this in a word, it'd be pulpy, but in like a really, really good way. People say this movie's like, oh, you could have made this movie back in, like, the 1980s. Not with the same special effects, but, like, this story would have worked in the 1980s. I'm like, dude, go further. You can make this movie in, like, the 1950s. This could be, like, an Outer Limits episode. It'd still be just as good. Like, I love so much about this. Um, I love that guy, the blonde hair. He's supposed to be, like, the the mad genius or whatever. He's basically just doing Jared Leto from Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Jared Leto uh, in that? He was he was the guy who you know, I'm sorry, that is definitely that not Jared Leto. <laughs> that was not Jared enough. Leto. Wait, yeah, it was. was uh, it? As the world's biggest trooper descending fan, <laughs> you would know. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about him in uh, Blade Runner 2049. Well, same thing. So uh, yeah, <laughs> back same to quality up. movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're the basically the same director. So upgrade. Uh, first of all, Parker, you didn't tell me this was a Blumhouse true. movie. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that explains why everyone. You would have put it off like this a, long on purpose if I told you that. That explains why everyone in here is like a budget version of someone else, including a budget version of Tom Hardy. Uh, a number of people have been comparing this to the movie Venom. These people are not particularly intelligent. This movie has almost nothing to do with Venom, besides the fact that they came out in the same year. Uh, this movie is all its own, and that's kind of nice. And I, I have to admit, as soon as I put on the movie, I almost texted Parker and be like, I guess the twist. <laughs> 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 all without even watching the trailer, too. Uh, what a good ending, though. It makes me yeah, so Yeah, it was happy. a really oh, yeah. good ending. This is exactly the ending that I was hoping for. A lot of people, I think, were somewhat disappointed by the ending. I think they were looking for a so-called happy ending. But uh, one of them's happy, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I was, all I was super happy when I walked out of that theater. Yeah, that was good ass film. Yeah. The look yeah, on his face the first time he just lets it take over, and what follows is so good. Yeah, I, you know I this is this is another example of this is what I'm looking for from uh, science fiction. You know, this is it has a moral, it has something to say, it goes somewhere with what it's doing. It's not just flashing lights and special effects there is uh, something interesting going on here in a very nice car that goes a long way so uh yeah i i very much liked upgrade blumhouse now up to two whole good movies uh now uh alex and parker did you guys rewatch revenge of the ninja should we talk about that now or i should have but that's the one where uh, they're shipping was it cocaine and dolls up or something <laughs> Yeah, no, it's heroin. They're actually shipping oh, uh, heroin in uh, these, like, dolls. Hey, look, it's a canon film. I just assumed <laughs> they were just going into their office and grabbing some off yeah. the desk. Alex, Alex, you're a little quiet. Yeah, did you watch Revenge of the Ninja? Can you not hear me? Am I sitting too far from my mic? I, uh, what did you think of Revenge of the Ninja? <laughs> Revenge of the Ninja is dope, dude. Are you kidding me? Dude, that fucking owns. Can we please talk about the Native American dude? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that is a line that I am very. The answer is always yes to, regardless of the movie. So. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the? Yeah, more than anything. <laughs> he knew where I was going. For, speaking of budget actors, budget Joe Pesci giving it his all. <laughs> that movie is really good. I was kind yeah. of I was kind of annoyed though because they didn't bring back the mustache guy from the first movie. 
Uh, Real missed opportunity. Yeah. But they, they brought back, what is his name? Shoujo? Shogo? Whatever that guy's name is. Um, has, I guess, a main character. In, usually when I watch a movie like this, you're like, oh no, not this fucking shitty kid. This kid actually is doing alright. Parker. Imagine for me, you're 70 years old, a guy pulls up in a creepy van next to you, rolls out the window and says, Hey kid, want to be in a ninja movie? How fast do you say yes? <laughs> I I'm not even verbalizing it, I'm just not <laughs> just, running into the backseat. You're just climbing in through his window. <laughs> I'm barreling in. Like I'm trying to get away from a zombie apocalypse, I'm just crawling through. You're just sketching on the back of his van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take me to the stage. Uh, that kid is having probably the time of his life, not only beating up older kids, which, you know, every kid wants to do at some point, and also getting to beat up grown-ups, which every kid wants to do. Uh, also getting really close to that lady's exposed nipples in that one scene. That was kind of... A, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. 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 Uh... But, uh, yeah, you know, I had a really good time with Revenge of the Ninja. And I was watching it's like, there's no way that Ninja 3 The Domination will top this. But before surely, we get into that. Surely it'll just be a downward spiral from here. How could they possibly go anywhere? Then it turns out. Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> if anyone tries to get in your way, scalp them. It is not a Joe Pesci voice. I can't do one, so. <laughs> You can go with my Van Dyke Parks voice. How could I forget about his Native American best friend? <laughs> Who played by the whitest guy I've ever seen in my life. Shit, if you'd reminded me of that, I would have carved out an extra hour and a half. He just puts on tiger lily pigtails. <laughs> Man, the 80s are so cool. Because you know there's like, hey, are you what, what are you like Elizabeth Warren? You got your 164th Cherokee? Alright, put on this vest, uh, put your hair in a ponytail, get in there. <laughs> oh shit, Revenge of the Ninja is the one that just opens with all those women and children getting murdered. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. the cool thing about all these ninja movies, man. All these ninja movies, from canon films at least, begin with like a long, practically wordless action sequence with a bunch of people getting fucking killed. <laughs> that's oh, right, okay. I guessed that the Native American guy had a tomahawk, but if I said it and I was wrong, there's no salvaging that. I had to double check. They did, in fact, did give the one Native American character a tomahawk. Revenge of the Ninja fucking owns, man. It's so fucking good. I mean, I've watched so many of these canon ninja movies at this point, and it is firmly in the middle, which, you know, is most of them. But also, that's, that's exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah. I like uh, how they upgraded. So many of these canon ninja movies have uh, climactic battles near a swimming pool of some kind. In Revenge of the Ninja, they said, well, check this out. Uh, we have a volleyball court on top of the roof. <laughs> Bet you've never seen that before. Oh, man. Uh, Alex, what else did you watch this week? Their commitment to blowing up helicopters is just unrivaled. <laughs> I love them so much. They know what the people want. That company went out of business because of cocaine and helicopters. And I will not be told otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so, American Ninja 5. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I have some bad news to report, as only uh -oh. four of the five movies in this franchise are bangers. You know what? That's still really good odds. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's better than most film series. 
And not only do they save the worst for last, but it's just immediately awful. Like, oh. I'll tell you what the American Ninja movies didn't need, and that's a kid. Nope. Oh. I'm out. Yep. And it's like, they're trying to make it like an action comedy, where the guy from the third and the fourth one is like making jokes with a 12-year-old wearing a Miami Dolphins hat, and it's like, man, this sucks so much. Like, every line is flat. It's like an hour 50 for some reason. It's inexcusably bad. However, <laughs> the bad guy ninja always appears in like a fucking puff of smoke like he's tuxedo mask, and it did a lot for me. Okay. You're talking <laughs> me back into it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you watch the first four, like, you gotta watch it for completion's sake. I know how you guys work, but like... Oh, exactly, if you give him mouse a muffin. <laughs> like, Pat Morita's in this for some reason, despite this movie looking like they made it for like $200. Like, to I, add class. I... <laughs> Man, I don't know. 80%'s a good hit rate. Like, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking 1, 2, and 3 are absolute bangers, and 4 is impossibly stupid in all the right ways. So, so we got four feature episodes lined up. <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> if we did a month of American Ninja movies, I'm not sure you'd be able to tell the episodes apart. That's fine. <laughs> we did six Resident Evil movies. That's fine. Yeah, that's, uh, about it. that's a good point. <laughs> Alright, so Parker, you were promised a conversation about Vampire Wars. Buddy. <laughs> Man. How good, right, dude? <laughs> just put down the drink immediately. It's like, not, not even worth swallowing. I just slammed my there. drink down so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I got so happy. <laughs> I... <laughs> Did they run out of money? <laughs> yes! It just ends at like 50 minutes. You're like, huh? Spent a lot of time setting up like all these space battles. <laughs> it's only fifty minutes long, and there's so much happening, and you're just like eyeing the runtime because you have no choice. You're like, "How are we going to resolve all this?" And the answer is, we don't. <laughs> they dump all of the lore at like minute forty-two. You're like, "This doesn't so seem good. right. What's happening?" It's so good. <laughs> when you find out there's not only one species of alien, but three species of alien in this movie, <laughs> and that two of the alien species are also vampires. Like, <laughs> and they're all at war with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite character, and why is it the eight-foot-tall Dr. Clawgoon? <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was a really big fan of the vampire that just wore an ammo belt around the whole time. And also, oh, yeah, the fucking vampire that was just hanging upside down off a pull-up bar during the vampire meeting. <laughs> Dude, that come for like 30 minutes, just like this grisly move where like, prostitutes keep getting murdered. And then a vampire just appears in some guy's window and murders him. <laughs> it's such a non-sequitur. You're like, who the fuck is this blonde guy? Oh, he has hypno-eyes. Okay, cool. Alright, now it's this. Got it. Why is this guy dressed like Alucard? Oh, this is called <laughs> Vampire Wars. Alright, let's go. <laughs> Speaking of vampires, our good friend Don the Dragon Wilson yes. in yes. Night Hunter. Yes, dude. All right. It is so fucking good. Dude, what the fuck is that fight camera? Do you like just violently shaking a fucking camcorder while he breaks next? Somebody, somebody saw one of these dailies and was like, yeah, keep doing that. It looks dope. Now, uh, 
when I told you that Don the Dragon Wilson was easily the most charismatic and best actor in the movie, did you think I was underselling it? <laughs> you clearly <laughs> undersold the uh, king God. of the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> that guy <laughs> rules. <laughs> I I am like this movie had like the perfect amount of lore. Like I know there's a vampire aristocracy. I know they can only be killed by having their necks broken. I know that they can't turn people at will, but instead have to bite people and wait for the next solar eclipse when all of the people they bit become vampires. Like <laughs> Like give me the stupidest possible things. I love that like it's it's established extremely early on that like yeah, I come from a long line of vampire hunters and here's my book of vampire names and also you can only kill them by breaking their neck but also he just carries around a double barrel for the whole movie <laughs> he's just dressed like blade the entire movie <laughs> alex, this one came out first <laughs> this one came out a couple years alex i don't mean to skip ahead but can you please tell me about the ending <laughs> I think I still have a video of it saved on my phone. Good, please the, so be in the Discord somewhere. <laughs> Let me throw that dummy off of like a second. It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> not even a dummy. That's a fucking scarecrow. Yeah, it looks so casually bad. breaks his neck and then tosses him twenty feet. <laughs> <laughs> the neck breaking oh, the vampire thing. scourge is gone. <laughs> the, the neck breaking thing, they really make the most of it. When he smashes oh, that yeah, vampire's yeah. fucking neck in a window. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, how much are squibs? Alright, what if he just breaks her neck instead? <laughs> I love that this movie has, like, maybe, like, the most entertaining cop I've seen in any movie with a cop role ever. And I just want this guy to be the cop in every film for all time now. <laughs> Do you like when he just shows up, hears them out, and then just immediately puts them under arrest? Yeah! <laughs> for admitting to a like, bunch Well, of actually, murders. it was a trick. I tricked you guys by convincing you that I believed in the vampires, but now I'm gonna He's arrest like, alright guys, let's go! And they walk outside, and he just immediately shoves them in the police car. <laughs> <laughs> it's Night just Hunter. like... It's a cop character that has, like, 20% too much asshole, but in, like, all the right ways. It just, it really does make this movie that much better. Because <laughs> that guy is going for it. What a good film. I Everyone's going for it to differing degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love the round table of vampire goons. Yeah. They're so cool. <laughs> the first time we meet the fucking vampiric council, like, God, it, give me that scene we in every feed. vampire movie. <laughs> to breed. To breed. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to next scene. <laughs> the amount of times that we were just like, wait, did we miss something? Like, <laughs> turns out that not on the list. Nope, you didn't. Night Hunter is basically a perfect movie and also like the fifth best on the dragon wilson movie so, oh, so good. <laughs> he's, he's been the greatest find of 2021 he really has <laughs> he keeps delivering we've done so much with him now youtube recommended me an eight-year-old video where he challenged jean-claude van damme to an mma fight oh, fuck yes, and dude. i was in bliss Oh, fuck yes. The algorithm I mean, works, right? baby. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure it happened. But, you know. Yeah, now anyone can see it in the cooler Yeah, tape. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Alright, what else do we got here? Alright, I've only got one other thing. Uh, I watched a uh, three-episode OVA called Cyber City 080808. Oh, I've heard oh, about this. Oh, I just started vibrating. <laughs> I remember this stuff very vividly from my childhood. So, uh... <laughs> you guys remember Suicide Squad, right? Oh, I'm gonna be busy for the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Well, that's the plot of this movie. It's all these criminals oh. with, like, explosive fucking, uh... Like, things around their neck that have to go stop crime or else they blow right. up. <laughs> Which, you know, exactly the energy I'm looking for. Although this did make me realize something, because, like... This dub's really stupid and really funny. And there's, like, a bunch of robots with stupid-ass C-3PO voices and people that look like they're extras in a David Bowie video. Like, it's got all the things you want. And it's just, like, pretty good because it's not so over-the-top that it meets all of the ridiculous shit we've been watching. It's just like, yeah, man, if I put this on and other people were here, like, they wouldn't think I was an insane person. <laughs> and you know what? I respect it. Very, very competently made anime. For, I like. From I love... a distance, it looks real, and then you turn the volume up, and you're like, what the fuck did you just say? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, the, it's one of those things where, like, there's so many people online that are just mad that the dub exists, like, you have to watch the sub to get the director's true vision. It's like, no, oh, I'm good. No, yeah, I, I tell it to someone else. No, I Funny mean, story, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just I hearing the line, you wouldn't recognize a goddamn vampire if one jumped out and bit you on the end of your fucking dick. Why are there vampires in all of these? <laughs> Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be completely honest, having watched this immediately before recording, I don't remember a vampire. <laughs> but I remember them saying that, so... You know... <laughs> I watched this at, like, 13 because it was airing on an Encore spinoff channel at, like, 1 in the morning. And I will never forget that evening as long as I live. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Something like that stays with you. I just, like, the bad guy's plot is like, alright, well, we're gonna do law enforcement by killing people and then jamming their body parts into, like, a robot exoskeleton. It's Hell like, yeah. Alright, so, okay, okay, you got my attention. But yeah, as far as, like... If you're if you're listing out all of the shitty anime we've talked about on this podcast over the last two months, like you can keep it towards the back. It's pretty good. It won't let you down. But uh, there's more pressing matters to see. And you're not uh, wrong. with that, uh, Parker, go ahead. All right. So I finally got to go to a theater for the first time in over a year. Yeah. To watch my good big sons punch each other. <laughs> yes. I would like to say, uh, disregard literally any complaint I had last week. It don't matter. None of that matters. It's fine. It's a perfect movie. I take all of it back. See, isn't like, it so yeah. much better on the big screen? Oh my god! Like, sure, there's pacing problems, and like you cut out like half the characters, but the seats shook when the monsters roared and hit each other. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there with my big old bag of popcorn and my Wonder Woman 84 cup that they've had in stock for probably a year and a half now. (laughs) And, uh, I was just... Everything was super loud. All the visuals of the movie looked like a laser tag arena, and I was more than happy. What a wonderful two hours. After that... Oh, God, I forgot about this. So, uh, you know the deal, like... You're with your girlfriend, you're like, uh, I'm kind of tired, just throw on something we've seen before, and I'll just, like, watch 20 minutes of it and pass out. So she hadn't seen The Descent in, like, a decade. (laughs) So she throws that on, and I'm like, man, whatever, I'm tired as fuck. The problem is, all of the cave diving stuff gave me such tight butthole. (laughs) 
<laughs> but the adrenaline started kicking in because I was man. just freaking out. Like it's so fucking dark, and they're like, "You can barely fit." Like, what if you fall? You just break your leg. Imagine how hard it is to breathe in there. And, just... <laughs> and then I'm wide awake. I'm just having a bad time. Watch <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> Watch the entire movie. Pass out horrible dreams all night. So that was a yeah. good. That was a good yeah. evening. <laughs> Glad I didn't just go. I'm gonna go to the room. Actually, you got this. Good job, me, for being a Ugh. fucking moron. <laughs> oh, man. Great movie, but yeah, that is a it's, one and done for me, man. I was so stressed out. Like, yeah, I know all the, the beats of it. Uh, but, like, I didn't want to close my eyes yet because I think the light was still on. And then I was like, I'll just watch the TV. I'll just drift away. And they're just getting deeper and deeper. And it's getting darker. And they're just crawling through those little crevices. I'm. That was a bad idea. I should have laid in here. I mentioned it last time that uh, I talked about it, the first time I saw it. Uh, I kind of grade some of these movies on like the scale of how soon would Parker kill himself in that situation. Oh and my this, god! I mean, once you say it, it's like, yeah, we have no way out, and we're out of flares, and we don't have any more rope. And Parker just went, yeah, excuse me, what's over here? And just <laughs> it's all over. I'll throw a flare on there. Oh, no worry. I'll just jump neck first. We'll see how deep it is. <laughs> If I was that and your fucking leg breaks and the bones stick, mm. no, thank like no, you almost don't need the good. monsters, but then the monsters are sick, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> my brain, you don't need to. That is a movie. Me. I literally like no like exaggeration. I don't think I could make it through that movie in the theater. I think I would start sweating too bad. I just have to remove myself. Yeah, bathroom, bathroom, gotta go to the bathroom. I, oh man, these beers are going right through me. <laughs> Stupid though, right? Can you? Can you Put the flashlight on my seat so I remember where I am. Can you walk with me, actually? I don't think I could do it. Good point, good point. So the thing about Boogie Nights is that it's two and a half hours, but also I wish it was four and a half hours. Yep. It's so fucking good. We were talking about Burt Reynolds earlier. We sure were. Turns out the other Paul Anderson can make movies. Because, like... Everyone knows Boogie Nights is a masterpiece, except Mark Wahlberg, apparently. Which... Wait, what, is, what does he think about Boogie Nights? Oh, this is like the one movie of his he doesn't like. Because he's the dumbest <laughs> motherfucker alive. <laughs> he likes Ted, too? He doesn't like this? Yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean... I mean yeah, I mean, I, yeah, what okay, part of that surprises yeah, I should have chosen a different example. He likes... No, wait, there's no way that he likes The Happening. Eh, I can see it. You know what? We'll get him on the show. We'll ask him. Yeah, that. okay. Tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> It is such a genius move to literally just end the movie with a close-up of his massive cock. Yep. That's such a fucking funny final scene. Because <laughs> in my head I was like, I know I haven't seen this whole thing, but like, there was a period where this was just on random premium channel my parents had. Like, I've seen large chunks of this movie. I'm pretty sure I see this dude's dick, right? And the movie just keeps on going. I'm like, oh, I guess I just imagine Mac Wal- Mark Wahlberg's fat cock. Silly me. And no, the fact that that's what it ends on is absolute poetry. Beautiful <laughs> cinema. Uh, I'm like, obviously, I've seen the Alfred Molina scene before, because even if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, you just know that scene. Mm-hmm. Boy, watching the whole thing in context, it's one of the most stressful things I've seen. Right? And I fell asleep watching The Descent and had nightmares. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a troubling couple of days for me. Like I love just the constant recoiling to the fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> there are there are there's like a very very short list of songs that whenever I hear I immediately associate with a movie scene. 
and Jesse's Girl is on that list because of this movie. <laughs> I cannot hear that song and not think about those fucking firecrackers. Like, John C. Riley just trying so hard to play it cool, and every five seconds just flinching and looking over like he just heard a gunshot go off. It's <laughs> beautiful stuff. He's so good in that movie. Oh, he is. I mean, everyone is, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I really related to Philip Seymour Hoffman the entire movie. <laughs> just spent the entire night after just going, I'm a fucking idiot. It feels right. <laughs> just weeping in his new sports car. Uh, yeah, good movie. Who would have guessed? Ooh. Here's one uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I watched the final movie in Robert Rodriguez's Desperado trilogy, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And boy... That is not a cast I was expecting to see as this movie unfolded. <laughs> Let me I tell you who's in this movie that. more than Antonio Banderas. And that's Johnny Depp. <laughs> who's in most of the scenes. Oh. Hey, do you want to know who the Mexican general is that's the bad guy of the whole movie? Please don't say Johnny Depp. Uh, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> with a pencil-thin oh. mustache oh. speaking Spanish the entire movie. Yeah, do you want to know it. who his, his right-hand man is? 2003 Mickey Rourke carrying a small dog the entire movie. <laughs> it is one of the most baffling things I've ever seen. It's so fucking convoluted. At some point, I just like let it wash over me. Like, okay, this person double-crossed them, but he's getting surgery to change his face. But also, uh, Antonio Banderas is back, and also his best friend is Enrique Iglesias, and he also has gun. Okay, sure. And you just let it wash over you, and then you get to the end, and then there's a giant gunfight during a Dia de los Muertos parade. I mean, that's a solid three stars right there. Yeah. Skip, you know I'm passionate about that kind of set piece. And that was the you only can, part that got me through that last Bond you movie. You can commiserate with my dad about it. <laughs> I would love nothing more <laughs> than to talk to your dad about Once Upon a Time. Next. I just don't know why they yeah. all look like that. <laughs> Uh, you know, if they um, had blades, this would have ended differently. <laughs> yeah, Chris? <laughs> yeah. One final movie, Chris. <laughs> the Blade Master, my good friend. <laughs> this is my dad's name. So, uh, one of your favorite Disney movies is Mulan, right? Yes. Uh, what's the name of the sexy bat from the Sonic games? Rouge the bat. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I had a day with Mulan Rouge. Dude, I was just thinking the other day about how I knew you had to watch this, and like it elevated oh, my spirits. Man. I looked at the whole list, circled that, and went, I have to get this out of the way, or I'm going to be carrying these into next season. Yeah, <laughs> I just have to. Yeah, I just good, have to do this. Yeah, just swallow the pill, get rid of it. And uh, so, what is the worst musical you've ever seen? <laughs> God, dude. Dude, like, I, I honestly you know think you're this just one's a... worse than uh, the <laughs> fucking so repo bad. genetic opera. Well, this one's two hours. Oh. Which, by the way, you know you're broken when you start Moulin Rouge and go, Oh, thank God, it's only two hours. <laughs> so if this had been 220, it might have like, broken yeah, just me. Just me something else. <laughs> I will start with a compliment. It is could not be less for me. I could not be further away from the intended audience. But really I will say 
it reminds me of something like Phantom of the Paradise, where it knows exactly what it is, and will make absolutely no apology for being what it is the yeah, entire time. Yeah, it goes 100% time. into what it is. It leans heavily into that. There's no I trying to be like, call that a compliment. Like, <laughs> I mean, look, if you're gonna do it, just fucking do it. Like, don't yeah. dabble your toe and be like, oh, we're kind of crazy sometimes. Like, like no. Yeah. Play the fucking... <laughs> That god-awful song <laughs> that they made around oh, the time. yeah, every single one that they sang. Oh my god, like, yeah, sure, just have this fat dude sing Like a Virgin to this suitor. Like, whatever. Yeah, remember just... how disgusting that was? I do! <laughs> I'll never forget it, Chris! <laughs> but, like, at least they went for it. Like, I'll give them that. I'll dude, never watch I, this again I, I, without I a know. gun to my head. But I'm, like, I'm so sick of the whole, you know, oh yeah, you know, lean into it. That's a Tucker Max strategy. Shut up, Alex. I don't care. I didn't say anything. Uh, you were going to. I know you were. I have what? smell it on your How is that a word? How is that? I want to hear how this analogy works. Tucker, Tucker Max, every single thing that he ever wrote and that awful movie he made is just leaning into the construction of his persona. And that's the same vibe that I get from Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge and, you know, I hope they serve beer in hell. Basically, two sides of the same coin for me. Well, he convinced one me. Four, one <laughs> has more songs. Like, this is the highest of high-energy melodrama. It's like, all right, well, like, at least it's not trying to, like, okay, how do we appeal to this group? How do we get these people? And it's like, no, this is just going to appeal solely to the to theater kids. The, the exact the theater fucking kids smell like old theater meat. kids between like 14 and 17. That is our demo. We're going to throw like $100 million at them. Can you imagine watching this in a theater? I wouldn't have made it through. I, I would have Because when they introduced, oh yes, here's the midget nun. And John Leguizamo comes stumbling in on his knees. <sighs> I could have put a hole through my wall. He's there the entire movie. <laughs> He's on screen more than you and McGregor. He's always fucking there. So in the in the original Moulin Rouge from 1952, he's actually the main character. Um, oh, I would die. <laughs> uh, which I watched. I don't remember why I did that. Um, I did that when I was in high school for some reason. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh yeah, I remember. All my friends were talking about Moulin Rouge, and a bunch of the theater kids really liked it. I was like, I saw it was on TV. I was like, oh, I'll watch this. Here's the 1952 one. Really different. Uh, oh, there we go. That just so of, happened. Speaking of John Leguizamo on his knees, I uh, I told Gabby about the movie Tiptoes. <laughs> I'd love to watch her brain wrap around that one. It was it was a process for her. I will tell you that much. It's just like, wait a minute, they got the guy from Game of Thrones in it, but he's not the main character. Like, no, he was drunk the entire movie, so they had Gary Oldman walking. It was like, is he actually walking on his knees? Or are you making that up? I mean, it looked like it. He's in a room with a bunch of people at a regular Back height, to and he's lisping Rouge, your favorite the entire time. He's lisping the entire movie, and he has so much to say about love. Yeah, love. It's... I've never known what love is. <laughs> Same. That sounds like a fucking sucks, never... man. If this is what love is, I'm about to get red pill, dude. This is it. I'm done. Dude, don't you like cabaret, like, though? Don't you like uh, them wearing those stupid little outfits with the frills and stuff? <laughs> I didn't remember this. <laughs> if this was the movie where they just sing a bunch of modern songs too. So yeah, imagine just me leaning forward in my chair like, is that... Does that smells like Teen Spirit? <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out... 
<laughs> that was just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, you know what they say, man. It's all downhill after your buddies take you out for all that food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned this on a previous episode some months ago. You're just like, maybe the reason you don't like musicals is because you were in middle school around the time that uh, Moulin Rouge, Rent, and Chicago were the big musicals. Of the yeah, game. man, this'll do oh, it. Oh, man, that's yeah. fucking do it. That's like one, two, and three on the list of musicals I never want to see again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We were, you know, the other Alex and I were talking about what's the worst musical ever made. If you Google it, you know, Cats comes up. I'd much rather watch Cats than any of those three that I named. I mean, I, yeah, but I gave it a it. try, you guys. <laughs> I don't think it's for me. <laughs> Who, it was it Jim Broadbent? Jim Broadbent, like right in the camera, for the very first time, <laughs> like a bird. He's so close. He's in a bite. I can smell his, his breath. His bulbous WC Fields oh, face, God. right I in the camera. Could not, I could not deal. Ugh. I did not expect him to have so many songs either. <laughs> yeah. Talking about getting busted over for the first time to this. <laughs> fucking goon with his weird mustache oh my god dude yeah. I, I love musicals uh sure let me know if ghosts <laughs> but, uh, can do it oh, oh god it's <laughs> coming soon don't worry Mulan Rouge will always hold a place in my heart cause yeah. I'm like 90% sure this movie Ewan McGregor was doing press for when they told him that episode 2 was called Attack of the Clones and he started laughing cause he didn't know that yet <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking legend I love him so much he's, he's great man I mean, the only other positives I have are just, like, the most banalic. I don't know, everyone's trying real hard, I guess. The movie <laughs> definitely has a style, and it's definitely not for me. But that's fine. I'm not going to go out here and get mad about kids' movies, except when I'm assigned them. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of thanks, assigning man. things, if you ever want to send me that Elizabeth Warren YouTube thing. <laughs> I started assembling it halfway through this fucking movie. <laughs> don't even worry. <laughs> Putting so a lot of it, a lot of TLC into that one, champ. Oh, did they sing any TLC songs in this? Uh, I kind of blacked out about halfway through. <laughs> this was a this was a two sitting movie. Let me tell you, I got through an hour and went. Yeah, I should go get some food now. I think I've earned a break. It's just sort of on in the background. You leave to drive to the really far away Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> they have the good crunch wraps. Is she still singing about how she can't love him? Great. <laughs> oh. What else did you want? But dude, her tuberculosis. I hope everything works oh, out. Oh, it's going to be sad. One of them's going to die, I hope. God, I wish it was me. <laughs> that's that's it for me. Oh, well, I'm glad we all had a good time. I'm glad everyone had a good week. Hey, you know, at some point, you just these, we keep doing this enough years, these things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You're going to run a kid's movies and you got to watch Mulan Rouge, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> The Duke. <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up. <laughs> the Duke. Fucking. Oh, jeez. Fucking Rupert Everett in that movie, man. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't want a tongue that bastard? <laughs> Alright, uh, we need you to be like a really saucy Duke. Oh! Like, oh, cut. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> He's, he's doing the same shit that he did in Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> I will have that monkey. Like, all right. I've got some lovely bananas for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm so happy when one of them dies. 
<laughs> I mean the British, of yeah. course. <laughs> right, yeah. Same. I've had that can-can song in my head for like four days. I want to die Boy, so t- bad, dude. Talk about a movie that needed Paul Rubin in it. <laughs> <laughs> he could just be like one of the people in the audience with like a blanket over his lap. I just... Like, when I saw John Lucas I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And he's in his other movie. Like, oh, Chris is a John Leguizamo movie, again. <laughs> like, I mean, he was in that Romeo and Juliet thing, right? That makes sense. And then like the next scene happened, I was like... Oh, he's still there, huh? That's interesting. <laughs> well, now we're getting on. We're at the Moulin Rouge. Like, okay, the plot's going. Is he hanging from the fucking ceiling? What, where'd he come from? <laughs> well, I can't get these fucking songs out of my head, you guys. It's been days. Uh, next week's episode, the 1952 version. Oh, my God. I'm busy. Um, this kind of very talks busy next time. week. Or yeah. possibly it only, it takes, only takes two. two to yeah, not show up. Oh. <laughs> I just show up by myself. So, yeah, coronavirus. Read this. Hear about this. Time for my brief monologue about the history of the Roadshow musical <laughs> in the 1930s. <laughs> Cast your mind back. You guys like vaudeville, right? I know I do. Fat motherfucker with his fucking Keladros <laughs> facial hair <laughs> spitting in my face. <laughs> Talking about being a virgin. Fuck, <laughs> man. Shit. Like, I'm not joking. Those songs have been in my head for, like, days now. I, I am going only, insane. The only one I even remember is the fucking, uh, Like a Virgin song. I don't remember the other Damn. ones. Sounds like someone wants a refresher in his playlist. Uh, no, he doesn't. Actually, I've already watched it. Blockers. Okay. So. I don't remember that rule. What does Genron say? No, it's the... I don't... No, no, no. no. <laughs> this game has integrity, Chris. Bumper nuts. Okay. So... <laughs> Damn, you got me. Uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I will appeal to the Manticore. No, <laughs> Manticore no. Manticore good taste. <laughs> My jerk of the week. <laughs> the Manticore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beast of the week. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> Ninja 3, The Domination. So, I think I mentioned it uh, earlier on. We may not have been recording here, but watching the opening credits, I'm like, no one I've heard of, no one I've heard of. Guy from the first movie, no one I've heard of. Oh, fuck. James Hong? James Hong is in here to class things up? This might be a real movie. You know? He's <laughs> in here for a certain scene that we will get to. God, will we ever. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Parker, I'd like to do so for you. <clears throat> Hi, my name is steve Welcome to Golf Course Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> this opening ten minutes is better than anything Francis Ford Coppola ever made. Correct. <laughs> this is a masterpiece. It's this really is like we were talking about this earlier. Every single one of these ninja movies begins with a practically wordless action sequence where a whole bunch of people get killed. And uh Alex really knows how to pick his spots to fall asleep during a movie after the first 20 minutes of Enter the Ninja, the first three seconds of Justice League, and uh, <laughs> I guess the entirety of this one, because, man, this opening sequence outdoes both Revenge of the Ninja and Enter the Ninja, which I didn't think was possible, but holy shit, dude. I don't even know why this ninja, who's described as a black ninja, is doing all this. I think he's just out for a ninja joyride. He's just going around just uh, slashing people. It's about the ancient ninja families or something, I think. I don't know. I it's I it says ancient ninja families in my notes with nothing else written around it. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's something similar in mine. <laughs> he rolls up on that golf course and it's just a bunch of white old dudes in suits. You're like, 
Well, this doesn't make sense. Did he drive into the wrong movie? And then he just starts throwing throwing stuff at these old white guys. Yeah, you know, Parker, I was reminded of uh, classic cinema from 1973, Enter the Dragon, where uh, that one guy's in a golf course, he has to use karate to beat up those mafia goons. Except this time it's a ninja, he's got throwing stars that he uses on everybody. <laughs> I like the part where he sees the golf cart. They're like, all right, man, just take it. And he just murders them anyways. He has a sword and they're just two old wasps hitting the lane. <laughs> he just goes ultra instinct on every single person on the links today. And uh, then he, to make his daring escape, he climbs up a palm tree and jumps into a helicopter <laughs> and hides a ninja star between his toes. Dude. <laughs> what a what a great week to be watching a movie where the first ten minutes of this many cops dying. Yeah, there's a, it's a running theme in this movie is uh, a lot of cop funerals in the end here. You know? Yeah, yeah. well, so, you know, happy little accidents. Like we try not to get too political on this show. Yeah, like anyway, uh, you you know a movie <laughs> is real deal, no sex appeal approved when a helicopter explodes. This is Dude. this is on the uh, the lower end of quality of Canon Films helicopter explosions. However, yeah, that is grading on a curve. Like a mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, it follows a scene where he's standing on top of a cop car and throwing ninja stars <laughs> at motorcycle cops. <laughs> and more importantly, it's immediately followed by them searching for him in a bog, and then you just see like the straw <laughs> come up out of the water and shoot a little dart right to this guy's neck. <laughs> <laughs> this is really big excuse me I think that belongs to Mr. Gilmore energy for like the first five minutes and then a helicopter crashes finally the cops around and they all have their guns drawn freeze put down that ninja sword and he's like I got a good idea he pulls out his sword and just goes tornado mode on them uses his cyclone <laughs> technique to just hit four people at once and uh I guess finally he's gunned down, but he throws, like, a smoke bomb and more or less escapes. <laughs> they light him up, like, seven different times. Yeah. He is a it's the scene in RoboCop where Murphy gets gunned down, but they do it, like, four times. And then he just throws a smoke grenade. Cut to our protagonist. Her, because she's a girl. His name is Chris. You can do we, that. Neutral, are we not going to talk about the ninja making his escape? <laughs> By hiding yeah, okay, inside the, the ground? <laughs> He takes a whole grenade. They all go, "Hey, where did they go?" And they run off. <laughs> you just see the dirt slightly move. Oh, his eyes poking. I did not know that. Oh, I must have been looking at my phone to write down the note. Just the most Bugs Bunny ass fucking scene. It's so good. <laughs> he took right. a wrong turn on the way to Albuquerque. Next thing you know, the cops are one of them. So uh, our protagonist is a telephone pole repair lady, and. Uh, she gets into a fight with the ninja, and they're just sort of wrestling. And uh, she's about ready to escape, and he yells in Japanese. Now, I didn't have subtitles for my version, guys, and uh, so I'll just... Oh, I'm pretty sure uh, they don't exist. Don't worry. Okay, good. I'm just making sure, so I sort of filled in here. Now, this did lead me astray. And uh, he holds out a sword, and I thought what he was saying, and I was wrong. I thought what he was saying is, wait, come back and kill me with my own sword so I can die with honor because I'm a ninja, and that's what ninjas do. I think he's saying, kiss me, kiss me. (laughs) I think he was saying, I think he was saying, 
please kill me with my own sword and then step on my face with your big bare feet, your sidewalk slappers. And uh, she decides, no, I'll just hold up your sword so it'll be the last thing you see before you die. I was like, wow, that was kind of cruel. I wonder when the nomination happens or if that was it. Uh, but it turns out there's something else going on. Apparently, she's uh, she's in the police station and she's getting interviewed, and they os- they offer her a refreshing Coca Cola, and she she says, "I don't." What she say? I don't take soft drinks, or something. It was like like they're fucking ecstasy or something. Uh, and then uh, she looks at one cop. I think it's the guy who's extremely hairy, and Doesn't that ninja. that ninja who died transferred his memories to her and she sees flashbacks of his death and I'm like what what is what are they trying to do here this is interesting I'm I'm not sure that that's not going to come up again so we go to them in aerobics leotards and they're playing an arcade game while just sort of bouncing around. And I was like, now that's the kind of workout that I can get into. I kind of like the idea of Parker wearing a gi while playing a video game. <laughs> Buddy, you don't have to imagine it. It's happened. <laughs> How expensive is a gi? You don't have a bathroom. You're just like, nope, this is it. <laughs> uh, more than you would think, but also not as much as you would think. Yeah, that's oh. about right, yeah. It's a weird middle ground of like, Huh. <laughs> That's out of my price range, but also somehow doable. <laughs> not, not that I've looked, of course. Oh, Wait, do so they have like a firm? For okay, we'll get you gi. <laughs> oh, thank you. Send us your gi oh size. God. Oh my god! What if you just heard me just constantly like flapping my arm out so you'd hear the gi <laughs> <laughs> just the entire time while recording? <laughs> oh, excuse me, I have to get the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. dang! I need to get some more water. <laughs> So, the entire time. Turns out uh, our leading lady is not just a telephone pole repair lady. She also leads an aerobics class at the local gymnasium. And she's doing like a jazzercise thing. And that really, really hairy cop, trying to narrow it down here, comes up and decides to join in on her jazzercise class. Girls like it when you do that. And uh, he faints <laughs> because dancing around is too energetic for him because he's a cop. And he's lying on the ground, and she's like, you just don't know when to quit, do you? He's like, yep, I never give up. And she's like, oh, and she smiles because it's cute back in 1984. Different time. But, hey, he makes it up. He makes it up because he pops up, and he gives uh, an opener that I've used before. He says, you know that guy you found dead was a professional Japanese assassin? (laughs) Yeah, it do be like that. You have to admit, it worked. So uh, she's, she says, I don't date cops! And he gets really mad about it and tries to kick her out of his car. And she's like, I'm sorry. And they go we, back to his apartment. Are we? I, I can't tell if we're going out of order or if we skip the mugging scene. Because I want to talk about the mugging scene <laughs> for oh, an right, hour. Yeah, I guess they we should talk about Yeah, outside. we should talk about the mugging scene. You know, it is Oh, wow, really that was hard. a great class today. <laughs> around the corner <laughs> we should we should it's really so talk nice. about how difficult it is to look intimidating when you're wearing sweatpants no matter who you are dude like <laughs> were these guys like coming from a different class at the aerobic school and decided to they, mug people that's exactly what it was they were in the gym they had a shot of all these guys they were in there lifting weights and going <laughs> hey i have a good idea <laughs> yeah that, that is you guys, that. you're like damn Get this lady's purse. 
<laughs> we should wait till everyone's leaving class at the same time and then take her four feet to the left and then mug her loudly. <laughs> talk about daylight. like yeah, talk about bystander effect too. All the people there are just sort of like. It's like the the bystanders on a Tekken Five match, where they're sort of like shaking their fists and saying, "Yeah, go do the combat." <laughs> you know, if Mark Wahlberg was there, things would have gone down differently, though. <laughs> yeah, I say that about every movie. <laughs> they're mugging her on a Street Fighter level. <laughs> Might as well be a big fucking elephant back there. <laughs> then, anyway, our hero Chris, which I like saying, uh, intervenes and kicks the shit out of them, and the cop is ready to arrest her. Man, you're <laughs> you're really burying the lead here because the ninja I'm takes sorry, over in the middle of the fight, <laughs> and she right, fucking yeah, kicks a guy so hard that he runs thirty feet backwards and gus ferrats into a brick wall. <laughs> it's the funniest goddamn <laughs> thing in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used Gus for a rod as a verb in a while, man. <laughs> Sometimes you just see it and it's like, oh, yep, I bet that's how that went. Down. Yeah, that's all we know how to do, man. <laughs> oh, Gus for a rod. Yes. So, uh, anyway, yeah, she's he does trying... the on land equivalent of Steve O destroying his ceiling fan. <laughs> catapults himself into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she goes home with the cop and pours V8 juice down her cleavage. So, um, I was unclear on the scene. Like, is this the ninja or is this her? They're having sex <laughs> is what's going on. Chris, if this is what sex is, I don't think it's for me. <laughs> you don't like V8? It's healthy. It's got carrots. That's the problem. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> it was a monster! <laughs> it was a monster. <laughs> oh, I don't oh know babe, look that sweet, sweet tomato juice off my titties. No, so I was like, reading. She just the, got uh, out of the shower. Movie. She just got out of the shower. She's immediately pouring. Now you got to go herself. back in there. Nah, nah yeah. So well, he's the this idea is he's not gonna look it up. It's going to be sensual or something. <laughs> so I looked up the trivia here, and apparently there is, you know, behind the scenes tension. Apparently, the director is just like, no, don't make it too messy because, you know, it'll mess up the scenery, the setting, and people have to, you know, clean up the props and stuff like that. And the actor is just like, no, I want to dump the entire can down my skirt, you know? Just make everyone see all how messy it is and make him lick up every single drop. And the actor is just like, uh... What a fucking go-getter. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, you know, we're gonna go for it, this movie. So oh, that's she, a real case of just like trying to get them to show their hand, like he's gonna lick it off you. Oh yeah, I'm actually gonna fucking drench myself in it. It's just gonna be sopping wet with this orange. Uh, we're gonna cut uh, just, away just a little bit. It's fine, man. Just a little bit. We, we gotta cut. So it is implied, not outright stated. It is implied that they have intercourse. We don't know for sure, so it's sort of left to the audience's interpretation, which I kind of like about this movie. It's really subtle. So she's sleeping, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) she is visited by a ghostly apparition. It's a shining, floating ninja sword just appearing in her closet. And you know what? This sword, you can see the, the visible nylon strings attached to it that's making it flow, and Parker... I was having such a good time with this. I was reminded of, like, that floating kid in the window in Salem's Lot. <laughs> it fucking wishes it looked that good. Also, I was reminded of uh, Bigfoot in uh, in Call Wilderness or whatever. Or Cry Wilderness. <laughs> Paul, your father, he's looking for you. He lives in Maine. <laughs> 
that ninja, he lives within your spirit. You must reveal This entire it. scene is just like, hey, you guys remember the scene in Ghostbusters where she opens the fridge? I don't know, put a sword in there. <laughs> also that, yeah. There was a whole bunch of, like, Zool influence stuff. I think this movie, there was a lot of uh, influence by some other movie, which we'll kind of get to. But a little bit. Yeah, this scene really stuck out for me. <laughs> the fact that she's awoken after getting V8 banged all day long is like, huh, let me check my closet real quick. Oh, there's a sword oh, opening a sword. itself up it's, in my closet. It's out there, and it wishes to speak to me. It wishes to converse. So she goes out, and she kills some guy. And then she comes back, and she's like, Huh, that's weird. I had quite a day. Then I looked at my phone for, like, two seconds, and all of a sudden, I look back up, and her arcade machine is just blasting her with 5G waves. Yep. <laughs> it sure is, dude. <laughs> oh, what a good-ass... It's just, like, it's trying to turn her into Tron. A lot of a lot of liberties were taken with movies around the same time. I think this is the There's scene where you make she gets Ninja the... Three: Colon the Domination. Uh, you just like shoot on a bunch of like uh, I just watch that movie go and throw a page or two there. And the next thing you know, you got eighty pages and you get a movie made. Yeah, see, this is I believe this is the scene where the ninja impulses overtake her, and she leads to she leaves to find one of the cops who shot the black ninja and she takes her revenge on him with a ninja sword and he calls her a crazy son of a bitch the entire time and that's when I realized this movie's kind of constructed like a Stephen King horror movie like I'm watching <laughs> it sure is, dude. dude all I can think about was silver bullet while I was watching this <laughs> she's possessed by a murderous spirit and just Raining judgment on this small town. Yeah. In Maine? Question mark. Well, maybe. I yeah. There's definitely strong Doctor Jekyll and Miss Ninja vibes going on here. <laughs> I, Do you want to talk about the cop that she kills in that jacuzzi? Because I <laughs> let's talk about the jacuzzi scene. <laughs> How good would you say those eighty-yard lines were? I think they were great. I also think they were great. Just narrating the entire scene. Ha, huh, what a sleazeball. Let's get out of here. Hey, female, let's stand up and put a towel on it, and then they get murdered. <laughs> one of them is just like, one of them says, let's split. And I thought she was going to say something like, let's boogie. And uh, let's the other, the other one here. says, <laughs> and the other one says, no, I like to watch. And it just reminds me of fucking Dooley from King of the Hill saying, he likes to watch watch <laughs> then she kills him with a ring and I was just thinking guys it doesn't make any sense to me because if there's a needle on the inside of the ring like how do you get it on in the first place it's it's like a double bladed lightsaber dude don't worry about it I was doing like the, the LL thing remember that was a joke that we used to do back in well, the day. so James Hong is in this you guys ever see The Exorcist <laughs> so this movie came out in 1973 right and guys, uh, it is a very good thing that I had seen this movie before. Because I got my second shot today, and I've spent the whole day just sweating out of fever. Oh, and sorry. if I had seen this for the first time during the fever sweats, <laughs> you I would not have been able to make it on here. I would have passed out. This would have been the end of me, dude. He, he's like, hey, we don't know where you're going, and we need to bring you to a doctor. My first response was, we need to bring you to a doctor. Shave your fucking shoulders. <laughs> he's... Unseemly. It's disgusting. He is, 
halfway through a werewolf transformation the whole movie. Like I, I hate it. I've got really hairy arms, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna leave them on there. They add volume. It says but here like, in my his notes. Fucking shoulders. Regular sized foot. <laughs> <laughs> there we go anyway so he's like no no i insist we'll bring you to one of those homeopathic doctors and she's just like isn't that illegal he's like not in this state so they go to the homeopathic chinese doctor and oh wait he's actually japanese but he's played by a chinese guy c80s he didn't know any better and james yeah, we're also today ja- correct james hong wanders in there with james hong facial hair and a suspicious-looking growth on his face that is very distracting. It's like someone just super glued a raisin to his face. Uh, anyway, he's like, oh, we must prepare the ritual. And she's just like, oh, what, you're not even going to ask what's wrong with me? And then his assistant brings in, like, a, like a, like a girdle with chains on it. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait. Okay, Parker wouldn't say this is an episode unless he really meant it. What's going on here, guys? They chain her up to these poles. He starts, like, whipping her with beads and chanting something, and the Pazuzu ninja comes out of her voice. (laughs) It's so good. They really commit to it. Yeah. Like, when we say ninja exorcism, please know that's not even a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah. There not, is no other description for what yeah, this is. This, he has to get the ninja out of her because, as this movie expertly <laughs> tells us, only a ninja can destroy another ninja. That is actual fact. That's how, like, ghost moves are super effective against other ghosts. Unlike these vampire movies where they're making up the rules as they go along. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, you have to invite the ninja inside. <laughs> Chris, at any point when you were watching Revenge of the Ninja, did you think like, oh, I'm sure the sequel will have a woman just get possessed and just black out and murder people with a katana at night? That was when I read Domination. That's exactly what I was thinking about. You're so well read. <laughs> so the uh, they're battling and they're battling and she's killing more people. And they're just like, hey, wait a second. It's her. She's doing the naughty thing. So what's going on here? She's fighting you some... take her to Eagle Mountain. Right, Egypt. yes. They need to take her to Eagle Mountain. To... Oh, and she, conf- she confronts fucking Shogo, the guy from the uh, other two movies. He's, uh, he's in here as, I guess, a ninpo detective. Uh, he's going around with a fuck, it, he's got a fucking like classic eye patch ninja gumshoe <laughs> <laughs> he's a near a wolf of ninjas he's just looking around for her <laughs> and uh, he's got a he might as well just have a giant magnifying glass uh, also they fight in an abandoned building and they hear the cop cars coming out and he lets her go he's just like quick out the window and she jumps and runs away and leaves and she's totally fine and he gets arrested and is able to break out with again the straw and the needle gag which you think they wouldn't fall for again but uh they <laughs> guess they didn't train him in the academy for that one I still can't get over the fact that we have like a 10 minute exorcism scene. It's like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, by the way, this is also Highlander. <laughs> Bye, movie. Yeah. James Hong is so just gone take, forever. So she and her beau take her to Eagle Mountain. And uh, he has to, <laughs> this is where he has to do the uh, the soul splicing move, which I just realized. <laughs> her sword steals souls. I think I'm going to be it sick. It sure does, dude. I'm going to be sicker than you. Oh, oh man, do we skip past the cop funeral? 
Where she oh, just we did. Oh, my. She, I mean, she <laughs> overclocks her nanites on everyone She here. is going insane. <laughs> This is like the what was that? We've had so many funeral scenes that go awry. Pet cemetery is up there, but <laughs> I forgot about that one. Where they just start fighting and knock that. Yeah, <laughs> Alex, you should go watch Pet Cemetery one. Oh, so. shit. I forgot to get in a fight and knock the little kid's casket over. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a lot funnier than we're making sucks, it out to dude. be. So it's really funny. It's so saccharine. Yeah, certain people who should uh, never be given ninja powers. <laughs> this entire movie, she's just doing her own thing. Like, wow, can't wait to go back to aerobics, and then she'll just freeze, and you'll see a flashback of a random cop just murdering that ninja like the end of Scarface, and she's just like, and I then she goes revenge. <laughs> huh. I must get revenge of the ninja. So before I talk about the uh, emotional climax here, I'd like to talk about something that we kind of skipped over. Oftentimes when she returns from a night out on the town doing, oh, who knows what, her boyfriend will walk in and be like, oh, why are you uh, dancing around to this workout music with like the dumbbells, right? And like one time he actually has to kind of like snap her out of it. So she is visited by the ghostly apparition of the sword, which is glowing, and you can see the nylon strings again. And she thinks, she doesn't say anything, but she thinks, oh, if I turn on my workout music and start dancing around to it, I'll be able to ignore the sword. And then the sword floats over and destroys the boombox. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> what a great touch. Again, this we movie is subtle. Sword this movie makes you fill out your own conclusions. <laughs> Doesn't spoon feed it to you exactly. Art by is... not having subtitles for anything in Japanese. <laughs> Art is interactive, much like this movie. Absolutely. So anyway, tearful reunion. Her soul is that ninja soul is exercised from her body and just runs around the ceiling like a Kirby villain, and uh, she is reunited <laughs> with her boyfriend, the hairiest man in the world, and they have like a tearful reunion and then they kiss and it immediately hard cuts to the ninjas throwing grenades at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. I love that. Like, oh, finally the spirit's gone and the spirit just takes a human form anyways <laughs> almost makes you wonder why it needed to possess well, an aerobic well, that was the thing is like you know the human form it takes is i believe that's the corpse of the black ninja and oh, it was correct. fucking yes, shogo's right idea in. it's just like we have to get the spirit back in the original body that i have to kill that one otherwise uh you're toast <laughs> and she's just like huh thanks why is this so convoluted why does he have to exercise the demon spirit and put it back in the corpse and then behead that corpse? Like, you know, what's crazy to me is comes like, after this, and that's just them fighting, and then a helicopter crashes. You know, what's crazy to me though is like you think about you're watching all this thing with this floating ninja spirit around where they throw grenades at each other. Just like, how did I get from the first Enter the Ninja movie to this one? Should I rewatch? Should I rewatch Revenge of the Ninja? Yes. I mean, oh, how did I get from Django cucking that dude to the spirit of a dead ninja? <laughs> Carefully, as it turns out. So, Chris, you're a religious man. Does all this check out? Well, you know, is this all it, by the books? I mean, there's really no way for us to know for sure. Uh, I guess the best way for us—I know to know exorcisms be... aren't really like 
taught in the church anymore, but does this more or less check out with what you know? Uh, yeah, something like that. You know, I didn't really like The Exorcist very much, so I think that this scene was a little bit more accurate to it. <laughs> a lot more chains and screaming and James Hall. She just was like, oh, aren't you going to ask what's wrong with me? And the assistant is just like, okay, so we cha- the wrist bone is chained to the totem pole. The other wrist bone is chained <laughs> to the other totem pole. You're just going to stand here and try not to giggle too much when it tickles. By the way, it's not going to tickle. It's going to burn. Just giving all this new age horseshit, and then all of a sudden she's yelling the demon voice. And then the demon spirit goes into the corpse and reanimates it. Yep. Why'd it leave in the first place? Don't worry about it. We're at minute 85. Don't ask questions. <laughs> it really oh, what a beautiful, you're here. beautiful movie. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. Tune in next time for Ninja Four. Uh, what are we doing oh next time? Oh my week? god, I wish. <laughs> Do we have any ideas for next episode? I want to watch Future Kick so bad. Right. Future Kick it is. We can stop recording. Fuck it. Yes. You said it was like 70-something minutes and I'm in. Oh my god. Oh yeah, dude. And that's the tea, sis.